Hello, this is Ken Ferry for this week's edition of Hip Boots in the Field. This rain is crazy. As I talked to Thomas this morning, he said that uh, most of the state is on record to come out of it with the wettest June ever recorded. So even higher than what we saw in 2014 and uh, 2003, 2009, those types of things. So this is a pretty serious situation. As I travel, there is a lot of crop under the gun from... Uh, saturated conditions out here. Uh, conditions as I traveled uh, up and back from, from Canada this previous week, from Bloomington to LaSalle, Peru, some really tough stuff from LaSalle, Peru to Madison, Wisconsin actually looks pretty good, and then from there north it's rough again. And Reports of lots of water damage coming in all over, and what are we going to do about it? Again, the yellow corn that's out there, some of it is just flat, saturated, no oxygen to it. Uh, as Isaac talked to you about last week, and uh, this week some of that is actually starting to die. So you can see it lodging and tipping over, and there's just really nothing we can do uh, in those situations as far as we're going to lose that, and we have to uh, put that into our marketing strategies and how we're going to manage it itself. But we do want to keep our eyes on the ball. You know, we say never walk away from a growing crop, and that's going to be true this year more than ever. Uh, there still is a good crop out there, even though 10, 20, in some cases 30% of the field is suffering damage itself. But as soon as this thing passes and we get to where we can get back out there and collect decent samples, we will want to follow up with more nitrate samples to kind of get an idea just how rough June was on our nitrogen supplying power. What we don't want to do is walk away from it in June to burn up in August. So we have the tools to keep that from happening. We just have to have the discipline to implement it. It's going to be a little bit of a challenge to figure out how you treat a field that is 30% gone and the other 70% we want to salvage. I do think the yield potential is still strong in there. The problem we do have is um, going into all this wet weather, we were at some of our highest nitrate levels, meaning that as the season cycles and we get our applications on, those nitrates start to build. We're ready for that big growth. Well, the higher the nitrate load when saturation takes place the higher the loss so there are substantial losses now taking place in some of these fields between both denitrification and leaching 10 15 20 pounds isn't going to cut it we're probably going to be 30 60 80 pounds short in some of these fields will we have to make all that back well not necessarily mother nature will bring some of it back to us but we are going to have to start strategizing on how we're going to fix it and what we're going to fix it with if you can't walk across the field Again, applying nitrogen with an airplane is probably not the right thing to be doing because that ground is saturated. But once we get some moisture pulled back out of it and we get to where we can actually get some oxygen in there, the corn plant will rebound, and that's the time we start thinking about aerial application of a nitrogen out there itself. What are we going to do as far as product? Again, if we're using urea, we put some agritain with it. If you're using ammonium nitrate from the air, we don't have to. Uh, at this point, I think you're going to look at cost per pound as well. Ammonium nitrate could be quite a bit more expensive, so if we need lots of nitrogen to fix the problem, you're probably going to stick with urea. If we just need a, a short fix and a quick fix, ammonium nitrate reaction is a lot quicker. I've seen ammonium nitrate uh, show up in corn within 48 hours, so within two to three days you can see that application changing where a urea application could take up to nine, ten days before you actually can see the corn making a move in the right direction itself. Been some questions about uh, products like a Coron or a foliar application of nitrogen. 
I'm not sure how effective they're going to be in this situation because where we're short on nitrogen, we're short. We're not off a few pounds, um, and we go out there and we foliar apply this. We could cosmetically fix things for a little bit, and uh, that may be, uh, you know, that may work for you if you're going to then come back and and supply the rest of the nitrogen with a Y drop or an airplane at a later date or uh, your center pivot. We got a lot of center pivots that are parked because of this. And we need some type of relief to get us to the point where we can turn the pivot. Coron might fit in there. But overall, it's not going to gap the large uh, portion of nitrogen that is going to be missing in this scene. On another front, we look at the disease in corn. Uh, definitely gray leaf and northern are back. Uh, we expected northern to be a problem after last year. That's holding true. We're seeing a lot of northern pressure start to build now in the corn on cornfields. Cool, wet conditions are going to be part of that, of course. And if you have a susceptible hybrid uh, for corn on corn uh, for northern leaf blight, and you got it in corn on corn, uh, you better get out there and start looking at it and start to make some decisions if we were going to get in there and add a fungicide to this mix. I'm going to guess a lot of the corn on corn is going to need a fungicide um, as we come into tasseling, or it's probably going to get ate up alive from disease. So these conditions tell us that we should be looking uh, the environment's right. So don't uh, miss the boat there. Now, there's also a possibility there where if you wanted to give that corn a little boost while you're already making your fungicide application to throw some coron in and try to hustle it along a little bit, um, you know, that's also a possibility from that standpoint. Where we at in yield potential for the rest of the grain that isn't flooded out? Well, I think we have to be realistic. Uh, these cool, cloudy, wet conditions have really slowed up our ability to pack that plant. We talk about ET rates. Right now, your ET rates for the month of June are running 30 40% behind last year. So we're not doing a real good job of loading this plant. Uh, we need it to dry out. We need these clouds to move away, and we need the evapotranspiration rate to go back up uh, so we can get a good load on. doesn't mean it can't change through July and August and bring on some pretty good potential. Think more about the average uh, our five-year averages as shooting for our yield goals instead of the 2014 yield goals that we saw out there itself. Uh, I think this crop is, is going to be uh, struggling there. So I think we need to adjust our uh, strategies from that standpoint in itself. Of course, the beans, and they do look tough in a lot of cases. Um, but there again, you know, you guys have seen 45 bushel double crop beans planted in July. So we can't give up on this bean crop. We've got to keep an eye on it itself. Our biggest challenge, of course, how do we manage these monster weeds that are starting to show up? Some guys have uh, moved to aerial application as well. Again, be careful what you got in the neighboring fields, that type of thing, as you start to look at taking on these weeds from the air itself. We're going to have a field day, uh, our field day there at CropTech, so make sure you mark that in your calendar. Remember, uh, especially this year, our field days are always a rain or shine event. We've got them set up to if we do get rained out, we'll be inside and we'll spend uh, quite a bit of time on chewing through this crop and discussing what our alternatives are going to be, as well as a lot of other topics. You should be receiving your invites uh, here this week on that one itself. With that, that's all we got from this week's Hip Boots in the Field. We'll talk to you next week.